it's another episode of Sports Yak Podcast. Who types this stuff? Just run it, hit play, hear it, get it done with. I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an icon. The class of 2019 Indiana sports writer and sportscasters, Hall of Famer, Chuck Freebie, and the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk. Sports Yak, the podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. Jared Condon is a guest of the Hot Takeout Podcast. His views and opinions of Dave Ramsey do not reflect the views and opinions of the Hot Takeout Podcast. Thanks for listening. Recorded live. You know, at the time of uh, recording. You're listening to the Hot Takeout Podcast. The only podcast with a 30 minutes or less guarantee, or it's free. And now your host, Chad Bradley. Can I take your order? Thanks so much for pressing play on the Hot Takeout Podcast. My name is Chad Bradley, host of the show, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find your favorite podcast at www.spreaker.com forward slash Studio DNA. And I highly recommend that you go and listen to every show that's there. After you listen to this show, you'll probably find something that you thoroughly enjoy. But of course, first, listen to this show. My guest this week, Jared Condon, formerly of Graceful Closure, in the process of killing that off. That's not the right phrase, but it's what I'm going with. And birthing, also not the right phrase, a new project called Uvoya, which means beautiful thinkers. He's creating music for beautiful thinkers. As of the recording of the show, they've got an upcoming show in Columbus, Ohio. Follow the links of his social medias that we tag on, which means you should probably be following Hot Takeout Podcast on social media. Just search Hot Takeout Pod wherever you are on social media. Click follow and then follow the links to find out more about the last Graceful Closure show and the first Uvoya show, which happened to be the same place at the same time. If you're listening to this years from now, hey, just thanks for being around. In this episode, we talk about DIY, arts and crafts, and also music and food. And what we don't cover on this episode, we'll cover on the follow-up episode next week. So just go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any of that. My conversation with Jared Condon starts right now. Uh, you're in Nashville now, yeah? Man, I yes and no. So I moved to Nashville last year, and my wife just got a crazy job opportunity back in Columbus a couple months ago. So we just officially moved in like a week and a half ago. So we're back here. So you're back in Columbus. Are you in the greater Columbus area, Gahana? Uh, we're like... Lancaster? Like, like, yeah. No, we were originally in Gahana, but no, we're, we bought a house downtown. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, so we're a real col- uh, Colombian. I don't know how you say it. Columbus. <laughs> you grew up there. You grew up around the around Columbus. I know. And you don't even. I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> Colombians. Wow, you almost became a drug dealer. <laughs> uh, col- col- Columbusonians. Col- <laughs> Columbusonians. I think that rolls off the tongue nicely. Yeah, Columbusonians. All right, whatever. <laughs> You guys are Columbusonians now, which is awesome. So you've been there a couple of months and great coffee culture there. Yeah, there really is, man. Are you from here? Because I know you were here for a bit. That's where I met you. So, yeah, I I was born in Ohio, raised most of my life in Michigan, met my wife in Dayton, Ohio, and then moved to Columbus. We were there for five, six years or so while I was at Radio U and then... 2016-ish bounced and have kind of kind of come full circle. Now we're back in Michigan. 
Uh, and that's just a like a month old. We just we just landed you're, here. You're in Michigan right now. Yeah, Port Huron, Michigan, just north of Detroit, about an hour twenty minutes or so. I, were you in Oklahoma for a second, yeah. <laughs> or somewhere down there? Yeah, yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma, for thirteen months. Uh, enjoyed. Okay. I thought so because I think you and I talked because my band was doing like a little tour run, and you and I talked during the run about potentially. Like doing a Tuesday night show or something with the station, or yep. I can't remember. But yep, we, I was briefly talked. About yep, it. I was with KXOJ two in in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a fun kind of hot CHR skewed younger Christian station. And then I moved to Kansas cool. City thirteen months later, which is a uh, Christian AC station, kind of like a uh, you know stuff that would play Mercy Me, Tenth Avenue North, the, that that uh, sure, skewed yeah. that way. And then the station I'm at now in Port Huron is literally like one of the coolest stations I've ever been a part of forward thinkers playing amazing music from bands like uh graceful closure uh well i mean maybe that's too soon to talk about them um uh jared by the way let's let's just go there let's just let's just start our real deep conversation in there so graceful closure are we, are we recording now we we this we've already been in the conversation we are all right we are doing right. it i mean this is what podcasting is it's just kind of a conversation it doesn't have to be professional you know yeah, <laughs> I'm not very professional. So <laughs> you're like, sure. Oh crap. Uh, we're we're recording. You erased the last. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> good thing you didn't swear. Yeah, yeah. No, you won't get that from me. I did pretty good. So yeah, let's start there. Let's start with uh with the death or not death, but rebirthing of graceful closure. You guys have decided that graceful closure is no more chase is moving on to yeah. other creative ventures and you are morphing graceful closure into a new thing but also kind of a same a same thing why don't you just take a minute and tell me about that transition and kind of what all led to it yeah so in 2016 that's where matt and bryce who were the original founding members of the band that's where they they both were getting married, kind of stepped into, you know, new roles, real people jobs, you know, that kind of thing. And <laughs> so I was trying to figure out then, like, do I take this a solo thing or do I try to get some other guys to partner? And and my brother who had my youngest brother, Chase, who at the time was like when we originally started Grace Closure, I mean, the dude was like seven years old. So, I mean, like that wasn't an option, you know? Right. So, but now, you know, he's like, was like 18 and killer keyboardist, programmer, you know, videographer, the whole thing. So I'm like, man, let's do this as a duo. So in 2016, Chase and I started fronting it as a duo. And it was working really well. Like a lot of cool stuff was happening behind the scenes and, and shows were growing quite rapidly, especially just on the Midwest side of things. And so it's going pretty well. But then my dude, he does video production and he's like, honestly, is like a, a freak of nature at it. Like he's just so good. And he just started getting all these calls, 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 calls. I mean, even Porsche, like the car or Porsche, I don't know how you pronounce it, whatever. You know, I can't afford one. And it's um, one of those like, things that you like, just have to own it. You just say it however you say it, and you own it with confidence. Porsche or Porsche. Porsche. <laughs> so, so he does like this commercial thing for them, and like it's starting to take off. And I just kind of asked him, like, like, hey, dude, uh, you're not really going to be able to do this band thing, are you? <laughs> you know, because I'm <laughs> like, because this is all really cool that's going on, and I would feel awful to stop that, you know. And he's like, dude, I really need to 
focus on this and see kind of what it goes to. I was like, no, that's cool, dude. No worries. Like, I, I more than get it. I'll figure it out. So that was, when was that? That was early 2018. So all, uh, all last year, I was trying to figure out, man, what in the world am I going to do? You know, like, and I was actually already working on a solo pro or a, a side solo project called Euboya. Like I was, that was kind of already a thing that I was working on. And I was trying to figure out, like, kind of, I, I didn't really know exactly how it was going to sound, but I kind of knew the, the name, the meeting, the creative outlet that I wanted to take it through. And kind of take the concept of graceful closure, but take it a little bit deeper and closer to home to like a lot of our fans. And, you know, graceful closure was a name that we had for years. So it was kind of hard to just go up and change our name. I was like, yeah, I'll just start a solo project. Well, then when Chase kind of came to me about wanting to move on, I'm like, man, I might not have a choice. Like, <laughs> start a solo, like it might have to be a solo project. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm the, vocalist and the writer for Graceful Closure. So really, I could just kind of keep it in that lane and just kind of continue to develop it. But I don't know that I want to be branded as Graceful Closure anymore because in the past, you know, four years, we've gone through three band members. And, you know, at, at a certain time, it's just kind of like, oh, those guys are still making music? <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't realize those guys are still making You know what I mean? I right. Want that guy. And like, man, I think it's time to do something new. But we have so many like amazing fans that are incredible supporters. And like, I owe them. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just like be like, hey, guys, Graceful Closure is over. You know, I, I, right. I feel like an obligation to kind of bring them into this thing. And so I'm like, you know what? I am just going to fuse this whole giant thing together. And we're going to do a big final show. We're going to have Matt and Bryce come out, the founding members. We're going to have Chase come out. We're going to play through the Grace Closure catalog. And then we're going to end as Voya. And then from there on out, I'll be Voya, you know. And, and actually, the guys are going to still occasionally help me play live, um, depending on their schedules and kind of how that goes. Because I obviously, I'm one guy. I can only do so much. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, so that's kind of where it's at. So it will technically be just me, even though I'm sure they'll have their hands involved on various levels. Well, that's awesome. So you, you guys still ha you have a show as of this recording. You still have the final show as Graceful Closure and then the kickoff right. show of Uvoya. Right. The show is August 9, 2019. It's like two weeks away. I think two weeks away today as of this recording. That will kind of be the, the kickoff, and I have tons of new music that um, has been in the works for a while now. I mean, we shot the Trippin' music video over a year ago. So, I mean, like, wow. a lot of the stuff is already kind of put together, and, and I'm just kind of figuring out exactly how it's going to be released and packaged and that kind of thing. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think 2019 is definitely a transitional year, but I think it's going to be set up real good. And I think 2020 will be pretty wild for sure. So I, I have a lot going on. So it's going to be fun. That's awesome, man. Uh, super proud of you. I mean, obviously, like local dreamer and creative and artist, like when you start pushing for, when you start pushing in that vein, I'm sure there's like this season of life where people are like, <laughs> 
musician, like, do you really want to sleep on a couch for the rest of your life? Do you really want to have a van down by the river? Do you really want to go that way? Sure. But from seeing what you've done to where you're going and what you're doing, it's incredibly impressive. Your music is fantastic. And I don't say that just because you're a guest on my show and not just because we ran around in the same area of the world for a minute, but literally it sounds, it's, it's compelling. It's really good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Sure thing. Like when you say people are like, you really want to sleep like on a couch and all that stuff. And I think it's one of those things that you do because you have to. Mm. So like I'm I'm playing for an artist right now. His name's Austin French. Really great. So I think he's been on your podcast. He has. Great and guy. We like we just did a run in like a tour bus and stuff. And I was kind of thinking in my head, like on that bus, it's like, man, my my kid self. You know, like we're gonna hit the road with ten, or we're hitting the road with Mercy Me here soon, and then Tenth Avenue North. Like we're playing in an arena in L.A. Like, like my kid self would be freaking out right now. Right. Like, you know, but I'm sitting in a bus right now, and I'm like, this is not very awesome. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I mean, I'm in, I'm sleeping in a coffin. <laughs> right. Really, you know. So it's just kind of, it's one of those things where it's like, but I don't know how else to not do this. You know, it's just like, I would hate my life if I didn't. So it's just kind of one of those things that I think you do because it's like God has put it in you and like, this is who you are. This is what you do. So I don't know. That's kind of, I guess kind of my perspective on the thing. I think that's great. I think that's a great way to, to, to phrase it. You do it because you have to. Like, there's a lot of things that you could do that's safe, that you could uh, become a, uh, an accountant, uh, a, a, you know, any, you, could, you could take any job. You're, you're being in Columbus, you could work for Chase Bank. You could take a plethora of jobs, especially as a provider for family. You guys have a, a son. Congratulations on that, by the way. Um, I mean, just so many things that you could do that is, air quotes, safe. Uh, a guy that used to work with Capitol Records told me recently, he says, Chad, I invest in yourself. Like any one of those other things is an illusion. Any one of those yeah. jobs, career paths are, are an illusion. The safety in that complete, complete illusion. So invest in yourself. Right. You're the only one that will not let you down. And granted, I mean, there's all sorts of things. You can let yourself down. You can be a self-saboteur, whatever. But at the end of the day, taking a safe job isn't always a safe thing. So someone like you that, sure. uh, and especially in this climate musically, where you can make an amazing record that is on par with anybody, and you can do that from your basement on your MacBook, right. it's, it's an amazing era. My basement smells, so I don't do it there, but yeah. But the nice thing is we haven't transitioned into music that you can smell yet, so no one will know. <laughs> I can't wait for that day, bro. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah, I feel like that's gonna happen. You know, oh, it has to. Even if it's even if it's matrixy, where it's all you're all linked into something. You know. Yeah. Oh gosh. Seems like we're never apart. So we walk in the night, all four and I in the dark. How I feel in this fight, trapped inside of my head. A prisoner, you said I was only just a kid.
Do you have food restrictions? Allergic to anything? I am blessed to be able to eat just about anything. And I also have done a, a pretty interesting job of staying the same weight for like the past 15 years. So Bitterness is welling up inside of yeah, me. Yeah, I don't... I don't know how. All my buddies got married, got big, and I'm just like, okay, well. It's, yeah. it's the curse where you're like, your metabolism quits on you. It's like, yeah, we're going to take a break too. You're sitting down. I'm going to sit down. Yeah. When that day happens, though, I will be so sad. <laughs> uh, well, maybe the bus life will, will keep you on, on pace with that. What are, what are some foods that you, you eat? You're just like, yep, this is, this is my go-to jam. Yeah. Well, okay. So truth is I actually like healthy food. Um, I don't know how I got to that place, but I, because I, I, I grew up eating very unhealthy food, but my wife is like her entire family are pretty hardcore about like eating and really good and working out. So like I find myself with like grilled salmon and quinoa and asparagus, like things that I didn't even know existed. So that's kind of like we eat a bunch of that stuff. Um, I, I love Asian food, like Thai food, like various stuff like that. I hate sushi though. Like sushi, I will probably throw up on the plate in the restaurant. That'll preach. That'll preach. Keep coming. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty rough. I like a really good burger. So there's a place in Columbus. Uh, well, there's a place in Nashville called Burger Up. They're like all these grass-fed burgers are so stupid good. And then there's a place called Upside Down Burger in Columbus that is so good. Sweet potato fries are my jam. Um, and I don't. I mean, I think coffee is technically considered. Is to- coffee considered a food? Uh, I, I mean, if you make it as thick as I make it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess if you put like milk in it, right? Right. Um, I'm definitely a coffee junkie, so I roast my own beans here in my house, which is where I'm at right now. Okay. Side and side note. Side note. I I I want to get into that desperately. Like, know all about like the cracking and the second cracking and and all that stuff you got to do with the beans. Yeah. I just haven't yeah. um I haven't been able to convince other people that I share a home with that that's a good idea. So, eh, baby steps. Okay. So, let me tell you about it because it's really not that big of a deal. So, what I do is I went to a thrift store and I bought an old school popcorn machine. Okay. Now, not the new ones that like shoot air straight up, but the old one that literally has like a cylinder that spins. Because like, if you think of a big coffee roaster, if you ever seen one, they have those big cylinders that spin around, rotating the beans as as it's blowing hot air on them, which is how it's roasting them. The little popcorn maker I got for five bucks does the same exact thing on a very, like, by a half a cup. So I take a half a cup of green beans, look at them, I'll look at the coffees, kind of read about them, because, like, how high, like, what the altitude is that they're grown in, the type of, like, varietal, like, the type of plant it is matters, what location as far as, like, country. All of those things play a big part in what your coffee tastes like. So more African coffees have a little bit of fruitier taste while... You know, you get in South America and they're a little bit more nuttier. So you kind of like learn all of those little things. And so I'll buy green beans, which is like stupid cheap. So like if you buy like third wave craft coffee today, you know, in Columbus is like 18 bucks a 12 ounce bag and Nashville is like 22 bucks a 12 ounce bag. So it's, you know, and, they, and they're going to be different prices in different places. But when you buy a pound of unroasted coffee and the more pounds you buy, the le- like the better deal you get. But when you buy a pound of, like, just say, you know, a really good African coffee, you're looking at spending like six seventy five, something like that. Wow! So you save tons of money, and then you take the popcorn maker and you take 
half a cup, like I just take a half a cup scoop, I scoop in the bean, and I plug it in, and it starts going, and then I take a spoon and just kind of rotate it just to make sure, like, it doesn't over-roast one side over the other. I mean, it's naturally spinning them around, but sometimes they get caught against the side and will burn. So I just kind of rotate it. And yeah, I do, I like light roast coffee. There's more caffeine. There's more flavor. Like, um, I think people who like dark roasted coffee just want to sound cool. You know, <laughs> that's my philosophy on that. Shots fired. So, shots fired. Yeah, shots fired for sure. So I like light roasted coffee. I, I'm man enough to admit it. And so right after the first crack, that's light roast. That's when I typically pull it. And I put it in like a strainer and let the air out. And then I just repeat that process. And after a while, you set your smoke alarms off and then your wife hates you. And then your kid <laughs> starts crying and then you trigger a day and start crying. And then, and then, yeah, then it's a mess. But if you pace it out nicely, it's great. Yeah. And like you said, you save tons of money that way. How long can you keep the green beans before you like, before those start turning? Oh, such a long time. Like, I mean, I think you can keep them like a year, year or more. Now, I'm like kind of a firm believer in like drinking your coffee within the first three or four weeks once it's roasted, you know, and it typically takes like three days for the beans to kind of settle. So like the first day and the second day, the beans kind of taste a little earthy, you know, like it kind of might sound gross, but it tastes wild. That makes sense. Like your cup of coffee tastes just a little untamed. I don't know. It's sure. weird. But then, you know, which I still drink it then because, you know, it's cheap and I forget to make it three days in advance. So I'm like, oh, crap. All right. Well, here we go. But like three days in advance, it's phenomenal. Like I, I have top-notch quality coffee at my house. Man, you've convinced me. I'm going to go to a thrift store today and find me a little, yeah. a little popcorn popper. Dude. I just read an article one day about it, and I'm like, man, Trish store by my house isn't going to have this. And I went, and they had it. <laughs> Seriously. What's insane to me is I don't know why people don't DIY that kind of stuff more. I'm thinking of starting my own beard balm company because, and I yeah. shouldn't even say this out loud, because it is so stupid cheap to make. Like, I can buy, you know, some beard butter, beard balm, whatever, for 15 bucks a tin easily for two ounces. Yeah. But I made That's it. What I, did. Yeah. I made it at home. And I've got three tins. Well, I, I've actually got enough stuff for like 12 tins. I did the math and it literally cost me three bucks a tin to make, including the tin that it goes in. So I've got my own special homemade wow. DIY stuff. That I'm not I'm not going to ever run out of beard balm stuff. So I'm like, I should start selling it. So it's actually pretty, it's pretty stupid, cheap and pretty easy to make. But people don't. Bro, go to the craft market. That's man. what I'm saying. Like people don't want to DIY if they're like, well, I can just buy it for 15 bucks and I'm going to have it for three months. Right. People don't want to do my that. My wife. My wife makes her own candles here at the house and she like she has like a whole kit like all these like big fancy looking things which I think she got for like 100 bucks or whatever but like she I don't know I mean we're two dudes so we probably shouldn't know this but this is okay but have you ever smelled that candle from like anthropology it's called um a volcano candle I don't know but like huh. it smells so freaking awesome like it's so good and she like cracked their recipe thingy, whatever you, I don't know if you call candles a recipe, but like she makes the volcano candle and it's normally pretty expensive, but uh, she just makes herself and she'll like just throw it in, she'll, she'll throw it in old volcano jars. So it's <laughs> like her candle in their jar 
and we just don't ever have to buy them anymore. <laughs> That's really brilliant. Great. That's brilliant. Yeah, dude. There's so, so many. There's so many ways to be thrifty anymore because of YouTube and just Google. Right. Exactly. But it doesn't have it the logo. Much. It's not. It's not like you can be like, I can DIY these Nikes now. And there's some things you have to buy. Hey, bro. There's actually. What is it, the Wish app or something? Some of those places you can buy the Nikes from overseas before the logo gets put on them. My buddy does that. Okay, that's awesome. I'm not even kidding you. He buys like he bought like Yeezys or whatever before the logo got put on them and he got them for like thirty bucks and it was like the brand new model that had just come out. And they ship them to them, and they're amazing. I feel they like don't have any of the like writing on them. I feel like we've quickly transitioned from like a food podcast into like a money saving pod. I feel like Dave Ramsey is going to take aim at me. <laughs> Yeah, my wife hates him, but that's okay. <laughs> sure, lots of wives hate him. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I, I really don't. <laughs> well, because they can't go shopping near as easy as they once did prior to Dave Ramsey. That's so sexist, Jared. I'm going to cut this out of the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about my wife. <laughs> Just don't now let her listen. Just don't, listen, don't let yeah. her listen to, to this episode. Um, oh, no, she made a video saying she hates Dave Ramsey and put it on her Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a real thing. I'm not joking. <laughs> I just got caught up into something I'm not sure I want to get caught up into. I'm sure he has great lawyers. <laughs> oh, I need man. a disclaimer at the beginning of the show. It's like the, the views and opinions of the guests are not reflected by the posts of Hot Takeout That's Podcast. Yeah. Hey, I like Dave Ramsey. <laughs> I think he has made our life a lot easier. I think she maybe not so much. Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Except, like, my wife and I are kind of under in the same boat right now. Only she's the one that's the she's the driving force behind it. I am the one that's like, I've got extra money. Amazon. Let's just go look on Amazon for a minute. She's like, No, we need to be responsible with our money. And I'm like, Oh, but look at this. We can get it today. Exactly. It's bad. So speaking of earthy earthy tones in things that you drink and or eat let's talk about ice cream for just a second we'll get back to music we'll get oh. back to other things let's talk cool. about ice cream made with ento milk are you familiar with ento milk what milk ento milk it's it's a dairy alternative that's uh supposed to be according to this internet article that i read they're like oh it's the next big wave in healthy ice cream and they're calling it luxury ice cream which i've found typically if you call something luxury it's either made from something disgusting or it's actually luxury it just depends this is actually made from something disgusting in my humble opinion a dairy alternative made by blending the larva of a tropical insect known as the black i'm going to say it wrong soldier fly the solider fly my stomach is already turning yeah they say it has a slightly earthy undertone but it gives it a rich a rich creamy taste yeah, it has earthy undertone because it probably literally has part of the earth in it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they're like it's got an earthy undertone be- because it because it is. It's, it, yeah. I mean, they've got they've got flavors like uh, like peanut butter. They've got a Christmas spice flavor. Again, they say things like, "Oh, everybody loves it," but I want to know these people that are like who yeah. who says they love it. People got paid a little bit of money to say that. They're like, you eat this ice cream, and compared to the dirt, which tastes better? And they're like, nine out of ten times, people prefer our our ice cream. Oh, gosh. Uh, Have you had oat milk? Oat milk. Um, Yeah, because that's that's definitely becoming like a trendy thing that I've seen in lots of places. I've had almond milk. Not bad if there's a little bit of sweetener in it. But oat milk, I've not had that. So I had cereal this morning with almond milk. I'm a massive almond milk fan. Okay. But oat milk 
wow. Alt no, I can't say it. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's supposed to. Okay, you know how like almond milk and those other kinds of milk like uh, are typically a lot thinner. Like I don't know if you ever like order in a, a, a latte with almond milk or whatever, but it's typically kind of runny and it's not as thick as like obviously like organic whole milk. Well, oat milk is supposed to be like as thick, so hmm. so it's like a dairy alternative that's like really thick, so you can use it. For like you know, cooking when you need you know thick milk or whatever. Interesting. Well, I'm interesting. I haven't had it yet, but I did see it at a coffee shop recently, so I'll have to try it. Well, in coffee shops, again, I mean, let's let's go back there for just briefly. Coffee shops typically they know stuff before we know stuff with trends. I don't know how. Probably because they set the trend, Chad. Ooh, trendsetters. Set it. I like it. Yeah, we got to follow someone. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Trippin, you, you guys shot the music video for that, you said almost a year ago? Yeah, over a year ago. Over a year ago. And that's the one you're in your PJs, right? Yes, sir. Now, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of artists that can boldly go out in a neighborhood. And I'm assuming this was probably shot in your neighborhood or close by. Oh, yeah. And right in front of my Right in front of your house. Can you see the address? Is that something people are going to try and come find you now? No, but you can see my neighbor's license plate, which I told my brother to cover it up. He's like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Whatever. (laughs) Hopefully they don't hate us or sue us or something. Your brother. You took advice from your brother about something about your personal life. I have brothers. I would not trust them with that. Well, he's the one who shot the video. So, I mean, you know, I just, I figured I'd just blame the director if something bad happened. (laughs) There you go. He's on the line. And you can treat your brother way differently than you can treat real people. Exactly. Like, he did it for free, you know. That's not something something that a real director would do. That changes the argument significantly. Yeah. So, Trippin, tell me about it. What was the behind the scenes reason where you wrote it, why you wrote it, deeper meaning? Yeah. So, Trippin was the first Uvoya song ever written. And... The real reason behind the song is I was meeting with Graceful Closure, was meeting with a lot of labels in Nashville. This showcase had all these industry that's come out. They flew to Columbus for our hometown show. It was kind of like the, like, heck yeah, this is finally becoming something, you know, we're getting people's attention. This is cool. Yeah. And um, so I started writing for, you know, getting in all these songwriting sessions and there's like Grammy winning producers in the songwriting sessions and stuff. And it's like, dude, this is really cool. But then like I wrote this one song that was so heartfelt. It was about a time in my life that I'll eventually open up about, but um, it, it was the most honest song I've ever written. Like down to tears, that kind of, it was like that kind of song. And I remember walking in a uh, um, an A&R meeting and I shared the song and the comment that was thrown at me was like, man, this is a really good song, but I don't think it's you. Ah. And I <laughs> I was like borderline ticked because I'm like, man, this, this is, I've never had a song more me, you know? So I remember, you know, a, another artist that put the song on hold, like a really giant artist, put the song on hold to, to release on their album. They're like, hey, their, their manager was like, hey, can we do the song? And at this point, I'm like, well, it's not me. So I I guess, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. And I remember the A&R guy saying, hey, wait, let me call you tomorrow. You know, I, I'd like to think about this before we just kind of give this song to them. And so Monday rolled around, he called me and... You know, it, it was kind of the same thing. And I remember, you know, he was like, all right, dude, now you can go 
talk crap about me to all your friends or whatever if you want. And I'm like, nah, whatever, dude. So I got off the phone and I was like, oh my gosh, and I wrote tripping. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, that was just like, I was like, what is happening right now? Like, what in the world is happening? I don't know. And yeah, that's kind of how the song came about. And it was one of my like first songs that I, I've always done production, but I've always collabed with a producer, probably because everyone else does it. And I didn't think like I was good enough to do it on my own. Sure. Tripping though, it was like a point to where like the bank account was overdrawn because I was driving to Nashville so much, meet, having all these meetings and having to, you know, pay for places to stay. And, and, um, so like every part of my life was falling apart. And I was like, man, I can't afford to hire a producer. So I'm just gonna have to do this myself. Like I'll figure it out. And so that was like, I don't know. The song is super special to me because I, I literally recorded everything in my room, everything wow. from guitar solo to programming the drums to, you know, and yeah, it was kind of like my first thing. And I was just like, oh, dang, I, I think I like how this sounds better than everything I've done. So that's when I, you know, went into Visitor and saw us like the new songs and I just produced and mixed and I was like, okay. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's kind of how it came about. I love how that came about because it's really easy for people to have a dream or a vision in their head of something that they want. Like, uh, for example, part of the the thing I get to do is write production for radio. So I've got like this vision of, all right, I want the voice guy saying this. I want the zips and the zaps sound sound like this. And I want the the uh, the production to sound like this. Write it up, and then I send it to the the guy that's actually producing it and voicing it. And then they don't do it the way that I thought they should. They put their own artistic spin on it and it doesn't sound bad it just sounds different but actually taking right. control of of that and saying well i one you you like you said you couldn't get you weren't in a place where you could afford it but you took it and you're like but i'm gonna make it the way i want it to sound and the way i feel like it should because sometimes people go eh i don't hear it i don't like the way that sounds and then you put your spin on it you put it the way that you like it and then your fans and your listeners they connect with it in the way that it should be connected because that's a realistic reflection of what it should sound like or should uh be ingested with i guess for lack of a better term yeah i totally agree like I don't know. I just think there's certain things I did with that song that if I was working with a producer, I wouldn't have done. Like, for example, in the chorus, like, uh, um, it says, but my mind keeps skipping. And when I got that part, I went, but my mind, I like literally like tripped up my singing, not on purpose. I like my wife had a friend over and they were talking and in the living room and I could hear them and it just threw me off and I like stumbled. And then I'm like, nah, I'm going to keep it because the song's called tripping. And I just (laughs) totally jacked the chorus up. (laughs) So it's like, actually you can hear me like get my mama mind. Like, and I don't know, like, I feel like a producer would be like, hey, man, let's redo that, you know? And it was kind of for me, it was just like, nah, like, this is what the song is about. I'm my worst critic tearing me down is my main. My words, my thoughts, my actions are now crippling. My mood will say we love you were here. DM us, I'm on my shoulder. Get them in my mind, in my mind it keeps tripping, tripping down, down. 
listening back to it one i love that song but just hearing it you kind of go yeah fight for the things fight for those little tweaks whether it's a stumble uh, it makes sense but being able to produce it in-house as you you're just able to put your spin on it in your flair and you don't have to fight the production people or the the label for it to sound a certain way i think some of the best music comes out of it not being air quotes radio friendly or industry ready i think for me too like i battle like all kinds of insecurities of like am i good enough can i do this like that's why i write about it in the song and for me it's like not having a producer in the room for these songs has almost been even though I literally adore, like, all the producers I've worked with. Like, I'm so blessed to have been able to work with some really great people. But there's, like, a level of insecurity that is my fault, not their fault. And I'll keep back ideas because I'm afraid of, is this going to be stupid? Am I going to look dumb? You know? But in a room, I can do it not thinking about it. And then I can mix it. And then it's done. And then it's like, you know, the person who updates their Facebook status and says something really stupid, but then it's too late. It's out there and everyone screenshot it. It's like, well, my song's done. I don't know if it's a stupid idea, but it's done. Here you go. You know, it's like I'm committed to it. And I might otherwise not have done that. So I don't know. It's been a nice experience just to be, I guess, more raw. Absolutely. I heard an interview with Andy Minio, and he was talking about radio fans versus fan fans. Like you have fans that you have from radio airplay that they're like, yes, I like that song for this very specific reason. He's like, he'll he'll fill up a room with just straight up fans of his that like his album front to back, you know, and he may have more air quote radio fans that like a song. He'll never fill up a room with them because his his mission, his vision is not to make radio music. His vision, his mission, his goal is to make music for a generation and to like, he's making music on his level, things that he finds important and things that he finds musically tasteful. He's not making an album for radio airplay because radio listeners as, and I'm in the radio world, I love them and it's, I love what I do, but it's, you know, they're, it's almost like they are a fan of a percentage of everything you play. It's broadcasting. You're sure. playing music for a broad general variety of people when an artist... It's a different type of person, for sure. Absolutely. And in music, an album, an artist, you're making it from a place. And if you put filters on that to get radio airplay, you might get a lot of people that know about your music, but not a lot of people that are going to care about your music and being able to be hands-on with your own music kind of like you were with the sh- the starting of Uvoya. I mean, that's where your fans are going to come from is because it's it's it is a direct reflection of you and the music that you're making. It's all you. Yeah, I I would agree for sure. And and forget insecurities. I I talked with um Jeremy Claudio from Tiger Drive and he was talking about he was doing some male modeling and immediately like I wanted to make a joke about it, but then I remembered like man Atta boy, get out there, do your thing. Like people hold back their creativity. I think about this all the time. I think about shows like um, American Idol or The Voice or whatever, where it's highlighting regular air quotes, regular people, their talent. Like how many people would be better than Beyonce or whoever if they actually stepped out of their comfort zone and did something that they were passionate about? Yep, absolutely. So the one thing you have going for you right now is you're not going to have the what if scenario because you're making music the way you want to make it. Right. I totally agree. And then, of course, subscribe so you never miss a show and then share it on social media so that your friends don't have to miss a show either. Just search Hot Takeout Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Click follow and then share your favorite episode. And I'm watching. 
Love to give a shout out. Also to the people that are listening in Australia, thank you so much for listening. Like 10% of the folks that streamed Hot Takeout Podcast last month were from the country of Australia. So thank you so much for listening. I would love to find out who you are and where you're listening from. Best way to do that is follow on social media. Just search Hot Takeout Pod, click follow, like. Would love to meet you there. I finish up my conversation with Jared Condon of Uvoya next week. Catch you then.